Hey everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can listen to all these shows and interviews on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. All right, on today's show, George Farmer sits down and talks to Jeff Sensky of Aquarium Design Group out of Texas. Very influential, super talented, needs no introduction. I'm sure all of you out there know who he is. And you and I are lucky enough to be a fly on the wall and listen in on their conversation. Hi everyone, George here, and I'm very honoured to be in the company of Jeff Sensky from Aquarium Design Group. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, George. Uh, you're welcome. So we're going to do a really free, free-flowing interview with Jeff. Uh, we both know our topics quite well, um, and I'm just going to go straight into it. So, Jeff, can you just tell me a little bit of background, how you got into into the aquarium hobby and the industry? Uh, sure. Um, so. My father was, he was a veterinarian, but he uh, also owned a tropical fish store uh, when he was in veterinary school. So having aquariums in the house was, uh, you know, my very earliest memories I always had, you know, many, maybe, maybe 10 aquariums at one time in the house. Uh, so just grew up around as a very natural thing. Uh, my, my brother, Mike, of course, was a very, very passionate hobbyist from a very early age. And uh, this was just a very natural thing for us, knowing all the names of fishes and everything was just uh, common knowledge. Uh, so all of our early jobs were in tropical fish stores and various aspects of the, of the industry. Um, in, the, in the very early 90s, we were fortunate enough to acquire a, a small pet shop uh, that we ended up turning into a full tropical fish store and we did sell also some uh we were really into some reptiles at the time too but um so uh, from from there uh we got into doing the custom installation and maintenance and uh in 2000 may of 2000 we uh formed aquarium design group and uh that really became our focus was the custom design installation and service and uh just here in the past couple years we've been working on a new uh, sort of a boutique retail concept that's very heavy on the gallery space and lots of uh, inspiring kind of settings for people to come and see various displays Um, so it's really just been a very natural thing Um, our whole life been in our family and uh, just something that's been just a very very natural uh, progression for us Mm. That's awesome. I've seen uh, your, 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 your you call the inspiration space right. uh, aquarium design group, and the, the display tanks are absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, it's just so it's, it is so inspirational. Um, just a bit of background from my perspective. I knew Jeff back in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, and I think one of the first aquascapes I saw from you, Jeff, was. Um, I think you called it Heiko's lesson. Oh yes, and it was an eight foot uh, blue diamond discus. Uh, aquascape yes very heavy on the hardscapes some amazon swords in the background and that was pretty much it some white cosmetic sand and it was just a beautiful design very very kind of minimalist but just stunning thank you and um i I started looking for jeff's work and i found him on various forums and 
I became a bit of a, a fanboy back then. <laughs> this was 12 years ago, and now and now I'm sitting with with Jeff in my living room and interviewing him. So it's a really really cool cool thing to be doing. Thanks. Jeff. Um, so. Can you, you have a very close uh, relationship or had a, cl- a close relationship with ADA and uh, you've met Amano on a number of occasions. Can you tell us a little bit about how, how that came about and, and how, how Amano's work has influenced you? For sure. So we did attend the AGA convention in uh, 2001 uh, in Chattanooga, met Amano there. And of course I was, um, you know, this is the early days of, digital photography and this kind of thing. So uh, I had a little portfolio of images from a few aquascapes that um, I was pretty proud of, uh, you know, just considering the times. And so my first actual meeting with them is uh, one of the, actually one of the most memorable events of, of my entire uh, aquarium or aquascaping career, because it really shaped or it, 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 to this day, that meeting informs almost everything that, uh, that we do. So I took my images up to Amano and showed them to him. And, uh, you know, he looks through them and seemed genuinely, you know, complimentary. But then uh, he said something really, really profound to me. He said, you know, okay, I can see you've learned how to grow the, the plants very well, but your aquascapes lack philosophy, Wow. And uh, I said, okay, wow. So it, it hit me right away. I knew exactly what he meant, but of course he did go on to explain, you know, the philosophy being, you know, at, in, a, in a big picture sense, this would be the difference between uh, a lot of, uh, let's say, crypts and shade plants versus a lot of stem plants and highlight high energy plants. Um, so, and he elaborated on that point, but really kind of conveyed to me when he when he said that, you know that this lacking philosophy really pointed or oriented me towards uh, getting a very uh, a, a more definite sense of my direction before starting a layout or at least looking for the philosophy as I'm composing a layout and kind of letting that happen. But uh, so this this idea of a philosophy in the work really, like I say, is something I've still reference to this day. So, um, and then beyond that, on the second, his second trip here is when we approached him about being a distributor for ADA products, which, you know, they obviously agreed to. And we had a, a very enjoyable nine year run as a ADA distributor in, in North America. Um, and of course, over that time made a few trips to Japan. And obviously those were incredible and highly inspirational. Um, and of course, I, as I, I'm always bringing this up, but there is, we're not even using this word aquascaping without Amano's influence. So we just owe, owe so much to him. And he's definitely the biggest inspiration uh, in, in my career, without a doubt. Mm. I agree. I mean, we wouldn't be here right now uh, together exactly. without, without his, uh, without him. So, um, okay, cool. So can you just tell us about what, current projects you've got going on at ADG. I know you're planning on shaking up the American market a little, which is really exciting. Can sure. You, can you tell us some more about that? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the biggest thing right now for us, and I think the thing that has a, a lot of potential to uh, really, I think, affect the, the broader American market is, uh, I think, our work with the, with the retail store. Um, we're, we're just really trying to build a uh, very inspiring, very, very aquascaping-centric 
environment. We've we've really invested heavily in hardscape materials because that's that's been obviously that's an essential resource for aquascaping and something that the U.S. has been a little behind on just because we you know this takes a level of sourcing and investment that I think is challenging for a lot of existing retail stores and then the some of the bigger wholesale distributors in the U.S. market too they're not they're not quite oriented towards. Uh, those kinds of things yet. So we're taking those those chances and, and really we know people want to aquascape there. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of even known for uh, speaking on this matter, but we're so, you could almost say behind, you know, it's not behind out of, out of a lack of a talent or a vision amongst the hobby there. It's just uh, we really still lack the depth of resources and of course in the u.s we're always looking to asia and europe and we see all these amazing uh things there and all this variety of plants and great nurseries and so you know so many cool product lines happening uh and it's still just really tricky for us to get it there so our our goal with uh this retail model we're building is to create something that it either it either scales and is something we have the ability to do in other cities and and uh, expand the model or Maybe at, a, at an earlier level, it's something that can really inspire other shops or, you know, I, I meet a lot of young guys who are interested in opening a store, maybe buying an older existing store and renovating it, modernizing it. And that, you know, if, if we can be there to help show some concepts and directions and, and ideas, that's obviously would be very rewarding for us. So that's probably the biggest thing I think that has the most reach that, that we've got going right now there. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the UK and America are fairly similar in the fact that uh, there are very, very few aquascaping specialist stores. And I think from my point of view, it's almost we have a, I feel a sense of responsibility to um, generate that market. So if you can inspire more hobbyists then that that creates the demand for more aquascaping specialists or or at least a shop to stock decent hardscaping materials decent um planted aquarium products absolutely and you know i think that the the old school kind of retailer has just relied on you know live bearers selling fish food to make an income and now with more online sales and things are, are, are moving forward so quickly that business model kind of needs to change and i think for me, the key is, and I think you'll agree with this, Jeff, is, is inspirational displays. It's absolutely essential, yes, and it's, it's, we put a lot of emphasis yeah. on that for sure, and, and it works. Yeah, and, and you know, we're going to go to Aquarium Gardens later today, and you'll see England's only aquascaping, aquascaping specialist store. And you know, I'm very lucky to live like just literally two miles away. Sure, um, I'm hoping you know the market will move forward, and we'll get we'll get more kind of shops that are catering for their demand absolutely yes yes so that's really cool so um just just, let's do some quick fire questions for you jeff just a bit of fun yeah uh favorite plant uh favorite plant no question hands down uh ricardia i know it's new on the scene but this is the most versatile uh it's just i can hardly Think of an aquascape that couldn't use a little yeah. touch of this plant. It's Ricard- really Ricardia, otherwise known as coral pellia or mini pellia. Sure. Yeah, I've yes. even got some in that scape. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we love that plant. Um, favorite fish? Favorite fish is, uh, 
I'm going to go with the first thing that pops into my mind. Yeah. That is a tough one for me, but uh, simulants, uh, tetras, the yeah. yes, or they're sometimes called green neon, or yeah. this is one of the most versatile. Uh, I, I just I absolutely love this fish. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Top one top tip for a new aquascoper. Sure. I, I, very much top tip. This embrace this notion of of, of philosophy, and by that. Uh, I think really form a vision in your mind or at least a, 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 a feeling of what you want to create in that aquascape. Uh, or as an alternative to that, as you start to compose the, the layout, uh, just be open or look for a, a natural direction in other words you know be be open and sensitive to a a, a a little scene or a little world emerging in there as you start to arrange the materials and really try and and, and develop that um like almost like a theme a theme, a theme, a theme. is a, a simple way to put it yeah. sure absolutely I, I get a lot of uh people sending me photos of their aquascapes and they say oh, what can i what can I do to improve? And rather than dissect the aquascape and give it a full critique, I'll often say it, it lacks a coherent theme. That's that's it, the biggest thing I see. If they, yeah. you know, like just like just like I I wasn't early. I mean, I was absolutely spent years in the same place. Of I learned to grow the plants, but I was lacking that theme or direction or a, a kind of a a vision for it. And for me now, it occurs is a little hard to put in words, but it's almost like a just a feeling of a little nostalgic sense of a mm. of a little world emerging there and i kind of want to bring that into form yeah i think one of the best examples I, I i heard about creating this theme was um stephen chong when he was talking about fukada fukada's work uh with the glass fish coming out of the cave and his theme was literally i want to see some glass fish swimming out of a cave <laughs> and that that's, was there you go that's the theme that's the theme and he created this you know world-class aquascape from that yes. and, and that is a re- i think that's a really good example of how to use a theme and sure. create, create something agreed um okay next question uh, your fav- personal favorite aquascape that you've created um hmm i'm that that i'm just again i'm gonna have to just go with the first mm. thing that pops in my mind and assume that's the favorite one uh but it was a 120 centimeter tank that I did when we were uh, trying to get this Aquavoss project going. Mm-hmm. Um, Iwagumi, but a little more, had the white sand in the front. Um, the black side in the back, that one? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll put a, a photo of that on the, cool. on the links, guys. Yes. Yeah, so you can yeah. see that. Thank yeah, you. it was a stunning scope. Thank you. Photography's fantastic for that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next question, tricky one. Who's the best scoper, you or Mike? <laughs> You know, I mean, in all honesty, Mike is, I, I would give that to Mike because, I mean, number one, he, he was, Mike was aquascaping long before there was any, you know, we had nothing to call what he was doing. Okay. And uh, this is even in the 80s, um, even even earlier than that. Um, it's wow. something he's always done. Mm-hmm. And again, we had no, we had no uh, compass or orientation towards this composition that we all got from Amano, oh, yeah. uh, but Mike was really doing uh, composition and balance and interesting scenes uh, in, a, in aquariums of all styles, uh, even you know marine tanks and, and hardscapes and everything long before there was terms for it. So mm. 
there was just no avenue for uh, recognition or acknowledgement or promotion of this thing. Um, so he, he, he's actually one of the great, uh, I think, aquascaping kind of, dare, you know, I use the term, you know, loosely, but masters mm. uh, that um, covers, he just has skills with so many styles, even vivariums and palladariums and uh, mm. terrarium work and all of this stuff. Um, you know, beyond just planet tanks. Yeah, he's, uh, just a talent, isn't he? Very much is inspired, you know, the, the things that, that, that I do personally too. Check out Aquarium Design Group on Facebook, uh, Instagram. You'll find it, no problem there. They're very prolific uh, on the web. Um, check out more of Jeff's work. He, you are, you manage the Facebook and the Instagram pages, I guess. Yeah. I do, yes. Yeah, so yes. yeah, uh, do do check them out. Uh, we'll leave the links uh, in the podcast. Any final words for budding aquascapers? Um, I would just say just just keep doing it, keep Pra-practice. doing it, practice, yeah. practice, practice. Yes, I've got three words. Keep on scaping. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us. You can check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can listen to all the shows and interviews on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. Check us out on YouTube and like our Facebook page. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.